You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 48 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am Carlos Colazzo, joined as always by Brad Roland. How's it going, Brad? Uh, I'm good, man. It's a beautiful day in the city of Atlanta. We will talk about that shortly, but uh, I've had a fantastic day. I hope uh, people that like to think that I'm very negative uh, will not be feeling that today because nothing can shake me on this fine day. <laughs> I feel like that'll be the case. Uh, we also have Gaurav Vedek on the call with us today. Gaurav, how's it going, buddy? Uh, fantastic. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe today. Yeah, really quick, before we get into uh, some Braves talk, I figured I would let you guys geek out about the Falcons a little bit. If you guys don't know, if you're not on planet Earth right now, uh, the Falcons beat the Packers handily in the uh, NFC Championship game and are going to the Super Bowl for, I believe, the second time in franchise history. So, uh, Gaurav, if you want to go first, just what were your what are your thoughts on the Falcons actually going to the to the big game i mean no one really expects them to do anything so i honestly i haven't even completely processed it yet i think halfway as soon as the game ended i was looking at airbnbs over in houston (laughs) just trying to talk myself out of spending like four thousand dollars to go to this game uh honestly this is incredibly exciting and uh i i don't know i'm not gonna get ahead of myself i'm happy for the team i'm happy for how they fought and Having that young defense come back and play so well against Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I'm I'm very happy right now. Brad, you are constantly just throwing Atlanta teams under the bus, and you said <laughs> you said you're not going to do that today. So, what, what are your quick thoughts on the game? And uh, would you rather face my Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl or Tom Brady? I have a feeling I already know your answer, but my Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're currently playing right now while we record this podcast. So that's my dedication as yeah, a host, say, even though we skipped that... last week's podcast, but. Or your lack of dedication to the Steelers, <laughs> for the two. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I am an Atlanta sports fan through and through, so I am uh, beaten and battered, and uh, my guard was up. All, the Hawks were up. I mean, the Hawks. Uh, the Falcons were up. Uh, you know, three, four touchdowns in the second half, and I was terrified. Still, uh, that kind of tells you all you need to know about that. But yeah, I had, I had a very nice time. The last time, the last and only time the Falcons were in the Super Bowl, as you mentioned, I was 12 years old. Um, so yeah, uh, and it, and that didn't go well. So that. <laughs> I'll be thinking about that all for the next two weeks, but uh, before we get to that uh, period of uh, abject fear, I'm going to enjoy this one for at least a few hours and uh, a lot of fun. Hopefully the Braves will be doing that uh, same sort of march in the near future, but uh, I'm enjoying this ride uh, quite a bit. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Uh, I will be cheering for the Falcons 100% if the Steelers lose, so if you guys actually care about who I cheer for, I guess you should pull for the Patriots, but... By the time you're listening to this podcast, we'll know uh, who the Falcons are playing. Best of luck to them uh, from me as an Atlanta Atlanta Braves 
podcast host, I suppose. Um, I'm happy for the team, obviously. It's good for the city. But let's jump into some brave stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of small news happen uh, since we've we've come to you last. But real quick, I guess before we jump into that, we should acknowledge um, the the deaths of Giordano Ventura and Andy Marte. Andy Marte obviously has some Braves connections with him. It's a sad day in baseball. Uh, these two apparently passed away in separate car accidents in the Dominican Republic. I believe on the same day. Was it this morning or late last night? Are either of you uh, familiar? Yeah, within within a twenty four hour period. So I, I don't want to say because I don't exactly remember know the the mm-hmm. times, but within twenty four hours, these two things happen. It's definitely uh, extremely brutal. Obviously, Ventura is the much more famous, uh, more prominent baseball player right now. But be it, you know, Marte is a guy that you know longtime Braves fans will remember. He was supposed to be the next big thing mm-hmm. uh, for the Braves, and as a result, like you kind of hear like the almost making fun of him because he, he kind of never became that guy. And you kind of hear in, in retrospect think about just how how mean some people probably were about that. It kind of hits you even harder because um, this is still a very young man like he's, he's sort of been not a prospect for a long long time now but a uh, guy who's barely older than me uh, and that that, ha- that that happening kind of blew me away when I heard it and that, that that actually hit before Ventura and I was already sort of shook by the Marte news and you know doubly so uh, after hearing about Ventura's passing away too so uh, you know kind of a brutal moment in baseball this is happening far too often obviously Jose Fernandez was the most recent uh, before this but even before that you know Oscar Tavares um, a, 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 prop, a prominent, famous guy who's coming up in the coming up in the league. So uh, this is happening too often. It really is kind of brutal. It makes you think about uh, sort of the value of life and all those things without without getting too deep into this. It's just kind of a brutal day for baseball and uh, obviously their families as well. Yeah, and Grav as a prospect guy, um, did uh, Andy Marte mean anything uh, more to you than maybe some casual Braves fans, or did you have anything invested in Andy Marte? So back when he was in his limelight, I was still, you know, a freshman in high school, so I don't remember him too well. I do remember him for that 2005 campaign, though. Uh, I think it was with with, with, with Richmond. Mm-hmm. He was at the height of his prospect status. Uh, what were his numbers? I put 878 OPS that year, and everyone was, like, drooling, oh, he might actually live up to his hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, never did, and um, that's really unfortunate. And then hearing about his death was just heartbreaking. Uh, you grow up, you know, watching these kids, watching, well, at the time, kids, mm-hmm. uh, and just taken way too early. Yeah, he was only uh, 30, uh, 32 or 33 years old, I 33, believe. 33, yeah. So, and then <clears throat> 25 for him. Yeah, and that game six was just phenomenal. That's something you never forget, that kind of performance. Yeah, so obviously uh, very sad to hear about these two. Uh, thoughts and prayers with both of their families. Obviously, hopefully we can avoid news like this in the future. Uh, it's been a rough few months in the baseball world, um, but we'll have to just move on to some some Brave stuff today. A um, few notes from last week. The Braves avoided arbitration with Rodas Vizcaino and Ian Kroll, uh, so that continues the Braves' streak. Uh, sans Mike Miner as having really no Braves go to arbitration since 2001. Mike Miner is the only guy that the Braves have gone to arbitration with. So that's good. I don't know if you guys wanted to touch on this real quick. We can, but I figured just mention it in passing. Um, Both guys will be in the bullpen, uh, barring injury. So uh, mm-hmm. good to have them. Just kind of uh, obviously they were already going to be on board anyway, but it just makes it easier. And they're both relatively cheap. So uh, a harmless, uh, breezy uh, note to hit on, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, a small acquisition for the Braves last week. The Braves acquired Micah Johnson for a player to be named later. Or cash considerations. Um, Grov, do you have any thoughts on Micah Johnson? It seems like kind of a uh, 
pretty small bench bench kind of role. Even if he if he makes the team, there's a possibility he doesn't make the team out of spring training. But do you have any thoughts on any strong thoughts on Micah Johnson? I think essentially you get another Malik uh, Malik Smith. You mm-hmm. know, you traded him to acquire, or you traded him last week, and Micah is basically a, a clone, just a, a few years older. Uh, don't expect too much. He's you know pretty light hitting, but he's got great speed. So if the Braves make a run perhaps uh and are surprisingly in the playoffs he would definitely be your pinch runner type role okay yeah he only had uh six plate appearances with the dodgers last year uh in the majors but he does have 179 stolen bases across five minor league seasons so that that would be a nice uh little pair of wheels to have off the bench there like you mentioned uh brad by the way yeah yeah. by the way uh in a very uh small stint in 2013 with the white Sox in single a uh he had 61 stolen bases in 77 games uh (laughs) which is uh kind of of unbelievable obviously that's uh, inflated considering the level of competition but uh just a note to kind of back up what akrav was saying about his speed this is a a, someone with uh, some serious wheels yep so Another minor uh, actually Do you guys expect him to make the team at a spring training, or do you think we're going to see him in the minors a lot this year? Well, it could be both, I guess. Grav, what do you think? I think he's destined for Gwinnett. Yep. All right. And he's twenty six. He's twenty six years old. So like, this is not really like a big time prospect. He's sort of like a, a useful guy if mm-hmm. things go well. Like Grav said, it's not like you're playing on Mike Johnson being a big part of the future. But because uh, he's not, he's not that young. I mean, twenty six is not over the hill by any means. But it's not as if he's going to be getting a whole lot better. You wouldn't imagine. So. Uh, a sort of a useful piece, and I'm sure he'll be giving every opportunity to uh, carve out some playing time uh, in the spring if he, if he plays well. But uh, it's sort of a logjam in a weird way in, in the infield right now, so we'll see how that plays out. Yep. All right, last quick note to uh, touch on before we jump into our bigger topics for the day. Uh, Braves were named the top farm system in Keith Law's rankings. I believe on Friday his top 10 came out. Not a big surprise for those of us who follow the Braves farm system. Were, were either of you two surprised the Braves were number one? Grav, you can kick this off. I think you could easily make a case for the Yankees with their depth, with their high-end position talent, uh, position player talent, but mm-hmm. not not really. I, I totally understand. This is the second year in a row for Keith. And uh, you add in more high-quality arms plus those international signings. I think while you could make a case for the Yankees, I'd do think the Braves have the top farm system. Yep, Brad? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if this is actually in the article itself because it's behind the paywall. And while I do have Insider, I'm not even remember where I saw this, but I know Law said um, that it's almost kind of comical how deep how deep the Braves are. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of get to uh, 30 without 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 blinking an eye, and that's kind of not not the case for a lot of farm systems around <laughs> baseball. Um, you know, the position the, the position player talent isn't uh, as 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 as, in, as as crazy good as a lot of people would like to think it is. But the pitcher the pitching depth is uh, comical, as we all know. And uh, you know, Law was he may seem like it was pretty definitive to be honest mm-hmm. so that was uh, pretty encouraging as uh it's one of the guys that i trust the most in the industry so uh enjoyed to, uh, it's always good to hear that even if it's just a, a reaffirmation of what we kind of already knew that mm-hmm. uh by the way the braves have a good farm system uh breaking news <laughs> yeah keith said that uh there are players in the braves farm system that make cases to be in the global top 100 but struggle to crack atlanta's top 10 that's obviously a really good problem to have for the Braves. Well, it's not even a problem. It's really good to have for the Braves. Um, if you want to read that, I believe the Braves' uh, entire section is free. It's the first one on the list, so I think you can read the entirety of the Braves section without having Insider, but if you don't, I would recommend getting it, if only for Keith Law's stuff. His is all behind the paywall, so if you ever want his prospect writing, you probably need to pony up and, and go look at that. But 
nice to see the Braves atop the farm system rankings again with Keith. As Brad said, he is a very respectable uh, prospect writer. Um, but the biggest news today, I guess, for the podcast, uh, the Braves have addressed their catching depth issues. I guess you could you could argue that they haven't actually done that, but they signed Kurt Suzuki <laughs> to a one-year deal, uh, $1.5 million guaranteed with $2.5 million extra in incentives. Uh, Kurt Suzuki, I feel like, used to be a pretty big name. He was an all-star a couple years ago, but uh, Garav, what do you think about this deal? Is it a uh, obviously it's a small deal, but what are your thoughts on Kurt Suzuki? Well, he's not who he was when he was with the Athletics, that's for sure. But when your main backup catcher is Anthony Recker, I think he has like a career. What is it? Yeah, he's he his career numbers are you know not not the greatest, and he's not exactly the greatest framer or defensive catcher there is either. I think it's an easy easy signing to make, and I have no problems with it. I think the biggest think, thing about this is that the Braves didn't get Matt Weeders, so I'm happy about that. Still yeah, don't know how sure. long his contract is going to be, but I think it's nice. That it's the not, it's just... not over yet, Carlos. By the way, it's not over yet. <laughs> hopefully it I is. I saw that he was. <clears throat> I saw he was open for a one year deal too, which was kind of interesting. Yes, I'll Matt be, Weeders. I'd be much more excited about a one year deal for Weeders. But Brad, thoughts on Kurt Suzuki? It's fine, man. Like. You know, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but uh, I, I think it was uh, might have been Joe Lucia. Somebody put this bug, this bug on my ear, but essentially, Kurt Suzuki is an older Tyler Flowers, mm-hmm. um, and who's, he probably isn't as good as Flowers. Like he's a good defender that can't throw. Uh, he's a uh, sort of a below average hitter uh, who's had some up, has had some positive signs. You know, 2014, a good year at the plate with the Twins with a, a WRC plus over 100, but last year 86. The year before that. Uh, 65 WRC plus. So his bat is nothing to be excited about at all. His glove is solid. His arm is bad. Um, he's a, a perfectly average backup catcher, which is fine. Uh, the problem is that the Braves have a what I would argue as a below average starting catcher in Flowers. Mm-hmm. So uh, sets up to be not not the greatest, not the worst either. I, I know you, I, I know Carlos and I kind of argued this uh, previously in that even if the Braves did nothing else and just trotted out Flowers and Wrecker. It wouldn't be the worst catching situation in the league by any means, and I think Suzuki uh, is his baseline is higher than Wreckers, so whatever. At the very least, he's better than Go- than Tuffy Gosowich, who was going to be the third option. Um, so you know, even if for some reason they, they're in love with Anthony Wrecker and he uh, they want to keep him around, which I can't see now that the, I can't imagine the Braves carrying three three pure catchers, which is what these guys are. Um, but Kurt Suzuki's fine. It is what it is. It's basically no money. It's it's a very very small investment and one that's not going to pro- uh, you know, uh, prohibit them from doing anything else with the money, so uh, I'm fine with it. Worst case scenario, you end up paying him more money, and that means he's playing well, so I, there's really no downside to this. Yeah, I agree. I think it's worth pointing out that, uh, I know Brad just touched on this, but Suzuki is not a good thrower at all. I know we like to pick on Tyler Flowers for being bad in this regard, but last season, uh, Kurt Suzuki threw out just 19% of base runners the year before, is just 15% when 80 Different people stole bases on him, or, or he had 80 stolen bases against him. Uh, so don't expect any improvements in that regard when Kurt Suzuki's behind the dish. But I do think it is better than the alternatives that the Braves have had, and like uh, Grob just mentioned, there's no real downside to this deal. So I'm fine with it. It's not exciting, obviously, but I don't think we're going to see anything exciting uh, in the Braves' catching situation anytime soon. Um, so I guess a nice little depth move for the Braves. Another uh, note that came out from last week was uh, that Freddie Freeman is likely to play for Canada in the World Baseball Classic. 
So at this point, uh, with Braves major league players, there's Julio, Julio Tehran, who's playing for Colombia, Jaime Garcia, who's playing for Mexico, and Ender Enciarte, who is playing for Venezuela. Uh, those are all really important players for the Braves this year. Are you guys concerned at all with the Braves having those many or that many quality players or integral players for Atlanta playing in the World Baseball Classic? Brad, do you want to start off with, with this? You know, I'm. People I have love to little... people love to talk about this, and if you don't think it's a big deal, then that's fine. But just I have. To, uh... I, was, I was about to crap on it only because <laughs> I have very minimal interest in the World Baseball Classic. Like it's kind of cool when it happens, like it's baseball on TV, um, that people care about. But I don't really care about it. Like mm-hmm. I'll watch it because it's baseball and it's guys that we know. Um, but I, I really don't care. Like just <laughs> get me get, get me through this without Freddie Freeman being injured. And I'll be thrilled. Like it's people. I'm sure someone somewhere is upset. He's gonna he's gonna play for Canada, not, Canada, not the U.S. Uh, that's gonna be a take I see somewhere. I'm sure. Um, but aside from that, man, I don't I don't really care. It'll be. I guess it's a good opportunity for people to, to watch Jaime Garcia and check out what he has. If you're a Braves fan that hasn't watched too much of him, um, but then you know Julio Tehran and Enciarte, you know what those guys are. Just pray for no injuries, and uh, yeah. hopefully these guys are ready to go in the spring. Rob, do you have similar thoughts, or are you really excited that the Braves have some guys represented? I wish I can go into a deep debate about this, but I'm feeling the exact same way. Just don't, <laughs> don't get hurt, please. Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me when you hear about players in the World Baseball Classic is obviously pitchers. Those guys are much more likely to get injured on some random random thing happening than, than other players. I know uh, Canada wanted Freddie Freeman to play third base if uh, Joey Votto was going to play for them, but fortunately Votto declined and Freddie will be playing first. Uh, I don't think he he wasn't going to play third base for Canada. <laughs> Dude, anyways. That, that would have been that might have been fun. I want to see that. <laughs> He's got you know a strong what? I, arm. I would watch so. that. I, I'm in. Uh, uh, I think about everything I just said about the world. About, <laughs> if I can see Freddie Freeman play, play third base, I'm in. Uh, aside from that, though, again, like, by the way, <laughs> as much fun as that would be, I don't want to see Freddie Freeman play third base only because he might get hurt, like doing some crazy like. I don't know. Uh, Can you imagine so like, if, if Freddie Freeman him, him played... Charging, trying to play like, like, an, like an underhand throw to first. <laughs> I would love to see him show off the cannon from third base, though. He's got a really strong arm. I wonder how it would play over there. It would be cringy to see him try and field, field balls on regular bases <laughs> there, but I would be excited, so I think that's a good point. We really need him to play third base for the Canadian team. <laughs> All right, so uh, no strong takes on the World Baseball Classic. That's probably how uh, most people feel about the event. Uh, maybe the biggest trade that's happened for, well, it definitely is the biggest trade that's happened for the Braves this year. Uh, the Braves traded Malik Smith and Shea Simmons to the Mariners for two of their pitching prospects last week. We haven't talked about this on the podcast since we missed you guys last week, but definitely wanted to touch on it here, especially since I am a noted Malik Smith um, critic, I suppose, but Grov. If you want to break down these two uh, prospects for us, if you can, that would be awesome. I know I've heard a lot of good things about Luis Gahara and uh, Thomas Burroughs. Seems like he could be an interesting bullpen guy uh, pretty quickly. So what, what were your thoughts on the uh, return that the Braves got for Smith and Simmons? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when First of all, my thoughts on Alex Smith is I didn't consider him an everyday outfielder. Mm-hmm. And then Shea Simmons, you know, he has such a lengthy injury history. It's understandable why the Braves are concerned about his long-term future, no matter how good he is. Uh, the two people that they got, though, I really like Gohara. He's probably the only Mariners prospect that I can name off the top of my head, mm-hmm. mainly because he's from Brazil, and it was kind of cool to see a Brazilian sign like a big bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, things about him, though, 
for anyone that doesn't know, he, he has three pitches. He throws a fastball, a slider, and a changeup. His changeup, uh, it's okay. It's it's still got a lot of work to do. Uh, but his slider, tons of action on it. His fastball sits in the mid uh, mid to upper 90s. He can hit triple digits in the AFL, uh, the Arizona Fall League. Just last year, he was considered one of the top performers there. Uh, things to look out for him, his command isn't very good. Uh, his arm side command uh, is great. I was talking to a few people about him. His arm side command, meaning the command he has on his left-hand side, left-handed side, he can spot that fastball, but when he goes glove side or anywhere else, the ball tends to travel to, I guess, his right. Mm-hmm. So when he misses, he misses wide, which is fantastic. He's not going to miss over the plate, so he's not going to get hit too hard, uh, but he will rack up the the walks, which can be a problem. But last year he took a giant leap forward, and I'm really excited to see what uh, what they can do down with him in, uh, in high A with all those other studs in, uh, in, uh, in Florida. And then Burroughs, you know, I, I think he's a, a dark horse for the bullpen this year. Not, not, the, not at the start of the season, mm-hmm. of course, but later in the season. Uh, he's fastball slider changeup as well, which is kind of rare for a for a reliever. He sits in the mid nineties. His his arm action. He's a little he's a he's a little fun to watch because he's not he doesn't have your traditional arm slot and that kind of stuff, which means his slider bites like crazy. Mm-hmm. His fastball moves a whole lot. Uh, he's known as he's basically a strikeout machine. And I remember reading a, a in my research for him a Mariners blog compared him to two people. Paco Rodriguez and Jacob Lindgren, who just happened to also be in the Braves farm system. Yeah, nice. So he's a very deceptive pitcher. I really enjoy what he does. Uh, and he I honestly believe he could be a candidate for the bullpen by the end of the season. Yeah, he was just drafted in 2016 in the fourth round uh, out of Alabama. He racked up. 37 strikeouts in 24 and two-thirds innings this season uh, in low A, which is pretty impressive. Uh, obviously, you broke down Gahara for it. Where would you put these guys on the Braves' top 30? Have you have you even thought about that yet? I know uh, for Pipeline, um, they slotted him in at number 12 on the Braves' on the Braves' top 30. Uh, Keith Law had uh, Gahara number two for the Mariners. Do you know where you would put either of these guys in, in the Braves' list of things? Yeah, so talking to Eric and, and Garrett, the other guys with mm-hmm. the talking chop, I think we had him top 10, probably around 8 or 9. And Gahara. then for Burroughs, yeah, uh, Zahara. And mm-hmm. then Burroughs, he's he's not top 25. Uh, our only reliever on our list is Minter, but he's still really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's not, that's, not, that's not a criticism of him. That's just, you know, the insane depth that we have. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have two relievers in, in a top 30 list. Yeah, I feel like uh, people might be underselling Gahara a little bit. Maybe it's just because it's January and we're really not into into a whole bunch of baseball talk uh, in general. But uh, Gahara being jumping right into you guys' top ten, I feel like that's pretty impressive considering this is the number one farm system in the game. A lot of Braves fans really haven't talked about him too much. Maybe they will when they see him uh, going to work in the Braves farm system. But that's definitely higher than I expected, and I'm excited to see this guy. The Braves really have a ton of really talented left-handed pitchers to uh, to watch out for this season. Brad, any thoughts on this trade? Are you are you glad that Malik Smith is gone and I you don't have to defend him in front of me anymore? 
Uh, <laughs> first of all, I like Malik Smith, uh, but I'm also on board with both of you, I think, in that I don't think he's necessarily a starting outfielder. Um, and, of course, uh, for him to be a starting outfielder, it almost has to be in center field. And considering that is an opposition that's going to be occupied by Ender and Ciarte for the f- foreseeable future, that kind of uh, that extension kind of bookended the time for Malik. So this makes all the sense in the world. For me, uh, I will defer wholeheartedly to Garav on the uh, prospect guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not studied them in depth, but uh, I'm here for 20-year-old lefties that have uh, high upside. So that's totally fine with me mm-hmm. as far as Gahara and uh, Burroughs. I'm also as soon as you said non-traditional arm slot and a left-hander, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm sold. Uh, so no, I mean Gahara. I mean I, when, when the deal happened, Keith Law immediately said he was going to have Gahara number two on his Mariners list. And while the Mariners system is not uh, particularly impressive or comparable to Atlanta's, uh, the fact that you know Garage said we're going to have him in our top ten uh, tells me kind of all I need to know to say that I like this trade. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, you know Shea Simmons is not nothing either. Uh, I'm I'm a Shea Simmons fan, but all the arm trouble is pretty scary and. Um, that's a super volatile position anyway. So uh, I'm okay with this. You know, Malik's was at best going to be the fourth outfielder this year and um, get some value while you can, while his value was, I guess, was pretty high considering what Seattle paid for him. So uh, I'm totally on board with this. Uh, I, I wish Malik's the best because I, I think he's going to be at least posi- at least possibly a pretty, pretty solid player, even a potential everyday solid center fielder, but sort of on the low end of starters. And uh, mm. that was something the Braves could, uh, could afford to move on from once they got in there locked up. Yep, I definitely agree. You guys know my thoughts on Malik Smith if you listened to the podcast before. Uh, hopefully this is a good move for him personally. Like uh, like Brad was saying, he didn't really have a spot here in center field with Inter Enciarte locking up that position for the future. Uh, I think on a, on a bad team, he could play center and be an everyday player and maybe do well, but I, I really don't think if you're competing, you want him playing every day just based on his bat. Maybe he can prove me wrong. Hopefully he will. He seems like a nice guy. Um, he seemed like a really fun guy to watch, uh, even if he wasn't an all-star outfielder every day. But um, so hopefully this works out for both both teams. Um, and yeah, uh, this is kind of a short podcast today. I think this that was it. Garov, is there anything else you wanted to uh, touch on? What are you really doing at this point in the year with prospect coverage or or just baseball fandom in general? Obviously, you're you're into the Falcons, but what kind of baseball stuff are you doing in January, if any? Oof, not really. <laughs> much getting ready for spring training i i guess we're actually the minor league guys are trying to organize a trip to go see some of the uh the international signings so mm. just doing a little research so we know what, who to talk to and and what to bring up is is all about is about it yeah okay since we have you on i definitely want to pick your brain a little bit on the prospects is there a guy who uh, stands out to you as a guy that you're excited to see or a guy that you're excited to uh, maybe jump up on the board this year uh, maybe a guy that we haven't heard about as much. Uh, I guess who are you excited to see this year? So personally, I'm excited to to see Pache. You know, he was playing mm-hmm. in Danville last year, and he'll probably be in Rome this year. Uh, he's just a from what I've heard, he's an absolute monster in the field. He's a legitimate center fielder. If if you want an, uh, a a non traditional like Acuna, those type mm-hmm. of prospects, Maiton. I think Pache is a, is a great one to, to watch. He yeah. hits a ton of line drives. He has an amazing arm. I think he racked up. I don't have it, the number off the top of my head, but he, he was throwing out runners all the time from mm-hmm. center field. Uh, other than him, Darian Cruz, too. He's a legitimate shortstop. And it's just like the amount of international signings that have high-end talent that the Braves have acquired has just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two are my main under the, I guess, 
you consider them under the radar because yeah. they're not your Kevin Maitans and your demerits and, and those, but uh, I would keep an eye on Pache. Yeah, I think he's going to so, make a, a big jump this year. Is Pache a guy who you would compare to Ronald Acuna? I know he was a guy who last year before the season, not a lot of people have heard of him. And then this year he's really high on our list. A lot of people are really excited about him. People believe he can be a, a real five tool player at the MLB level. Would you compare him to a Ronald Acuna or how does their game differ? You see, I can't really tell. Like Acuna, I was mm-hmm. able to watch him. Uh, Pache is just based on what I've heard and what I've read about him. Uh, I don't know. He's not going to have the pop that Acuna has, mm-hmm. but uh, he definitely legitimate center field. He's not going to move there, move from there ever. Uh, he's line drive approach, kind of like Ronald as well. But uh, I'll be able to watch him this year, and I can have a more concrete answer for you gotcha. by midseason, hopefully. All right, sounds good. How about uh, on the pitcher side of things? Is there a guy who uh, is kind of a make-or-break year for him or another guy who you're excited to see this year, maybe moving to another level, or uh, just a guy you think Braves fans should look out for this season? Max Freed, man. I'm yeah. high on the Max Freed train. I absolutely love him. He's got that high – he's lefty, easy easy delivery, can hit you know mid to high 90s. He's got that insane curveball. Just He's a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Just – Honestly, make yourself out. Go to to go to Florida, and any one of those days, you can watch a single one of those pitching prospects. I think Ricardo Sanchez has a big year to in his development. You know, last last season was his first uh, full season of baseball, mm-hmm. and he did pretty well. But you now he needs to show why he was a top prospect in the Angels organization. Uh, Gohara, you know, like we like we talked about earlier, he had a huge jump in in his and what he did this last season. So can he continue that trend upwards into fully utilizing that insane potential with that triple digit heater? Uh, Other than that, Luke Jackson, you know, Mm -hmm. this is probably his biggest year. Sean Newcomb, you know, he hasn't pitched much uh, prior to being in professional baseball. So I'm still, I have no, no problems with him slowly developing. Yeah. But Luke Jackson, this is probably his biggest year. I would, I would think. Okay, interesting. So there are a lot of guys to look out for you, uh, Braves fans that are interested in the minor league system. Um, and I think that's probably going to do it for the podcast today, Grav. We appreciate your insight on the minor league guys. Uh, if you don't follow Grav on Twitter, you should. You can follow him at gvedek, V-E-D-A-K. Um, and you can follow Brad for non-minor league prospect updates and <laughs> Braves farm system coverage at BT Roland. Uh, Brad, what do you got going on? Uh, baseball, man, it's time, it's time to wrap, ramp it up. Once football is finally over, um, I, I also have to cover basketball quite a bit, but at least I'll be able to not do one sport and kind of focus on uh, baseball more. Um, so I'm excited about that. I've already started doing some reading, getting ready for the season. Uh, not to the level of Grav by any means, but uh, <laughs> I have to like at least know what I'm talking about with these prospects. So it's time to start studying a little bit more. Um, and I will always defer to our prospect guys who are very smart, uh, including Rob and Eric and all those guys. But uh, I have to at least be able to fake it a little bit. So <laughs> trying to get prepared for the season now that it, now that we're officially in 2017 and kind of getting things moving. So uh, I'm fired up. Uh, by the way, Garav, I have to ask you, um, you we all know Eric Sky um, for, forever is Mike Soroka. Do you have a guy? Is it Max Reed? It's Max Reed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I just want to get that out there. I, I, I had a feeling once you answered that question the way that you did, but I want to confirm that that was your guy because we all know who Eric's guy is. Yeah. Well, well, Brad, who's your guy now? I feel like we both have to have guys. If Eric and Garov have guys, well, we're going to have to have not, guys. I guess I'm not allowed to have Tukey anymore because aren't you? don't you have Tukey, Carlos? Isn't that your guy? 
I was just looking through. I was about to just pick a new one because I feel like, I mean, Tukey's old I, news. If I, had to pick, if I had to pick a new one, I would pick Ian Anderson. I love Ian Anderson. Really dark Ian Anderson. At the top 30 list and you can be happy. That's true, but I, I love Ian Anderson. Like even, even like pre the Braves drafting him and me reading about stuff in the draft, like I, I wanted Ian Anderson. Mm. So uh, I'm in on Ian Anderson. That's my, I don't that's understand. My I don't understand where he gets that velocity from. He's a like he's a big dude, but he's not like nearly as big he's as he's not. Like you, you see him on video, and it's like, wait, that guy, that guy throws that, and yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know something about that guy I really enjoy. But uh, Tukey's still my guy, though. No, Watching Tukey's, you can't Tukey's have Tukey. Okay, Tukey's my guy. Fine. <laughs> you just picked Anderson. You can't have both. Tukey was my guy before that. If I'm allowed to keep him, then I'm keeping him. Tukey but was my not, guy since 2014 when I got to intern with Baseball America, and one of the guys there. Win. Yeah. Back off! I think I'm gonna still I'm gonna still stick with Tukey. Is it? It says something about the system that all four of us have pitchers as our guy in the system. So, well, it's kind of the only option. I mean, unless you want to take Acuna, I'm surprised you didn't take Ozzy, Brad. He's you love him so much. I don't love. I mean, (laughs) people think people think I hate Ozzy. It's not true. Real quick, what do you think about um, Brad slandering Ozzy Albies all the time on Twitter and this podcast? I will plead the fifth on that. <laughs> no. Grow up. You can go off on me. It's fine. Go at me. It's not <laughs> I, I like I, I totally understand the – I like Ozzy. <laughs> I've been painted in the corner as, some, as, as the guy who hates Ozzy. I just think his value is higher to other teams than it is to the Braves. That's my only point about it. Understandable. He That's can't fair. play shortstop in Atlanta. It's it's pretty simple, honestly. You just push Dansby off the position. Not a big deal. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> All right. I think we're getting a little bit into the weeds on this one. Uh, <laughs> Karav, we appreciate you coming on here and uh, sharing so your, your knowledge. We'll, we'll definitely need to have you on more in the future. Um, definitely. So we'll make that happen. Um, again, you can follow Grav at G-V-E-D-A-K on Twitter. Follow Brad at BT Roland. Follow Talking Chop at Talking Chop. And be sure to check out the site. Um, we're going to have some more stuff coming as the season slowly progresses towards us. Uh, spring training is right around the corner. Uh, and hopefully we won't miss another podcast uh, in the near future. We, we should have more stuff to talk about as the, uh, the months and weeks move on in 2017. Uh, but as always, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, have a good one.